Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 321, and today we'll be talking about Tutorial Mode from Glitch Text. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So let me tell you something, brother. Was I right or was I right? Does it get even better after the series premiere? I couldn't believe that this episode was so entertaining. And I mean, what, it's been three weeks or something since we last talked about Glitch Text, but... I was really digging it this time. Everything was so much fun, and I kept trying to think of a better synonym for the word fun, and then I gave up, because I was having too much fun to care about trying to say it in a more fancy way. Glitch text is its own synonym for fun. Absolutely. I mean, sure, you can say that, wow, the music was so freaking jamming amazing and you know cartoons have a history of dynamic music that plays along with the action but man is it so much fun to do it with you know and steven universe had the same thing where you know it touched that chiptune side of me but here it's just so bright so not in a critical way like loud and fun and again with the just way that the show is visually set up this time i actually noticed that the You know, of course, the logo has the blue and purple sort of warped look to it. And it turns out, oh, that's how the entire show looks, which is why, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it has that style that matches the logo. Like all the lines are like that. And I love that we keep noting in these different cartoons, just even how the line works different between them. It's fun. But also, man, the show is just so fun to look at because it's, again, constantly moving. And here it's super fun to actually fight a boss that feels... You know, the cat was fine. The cat was fine in episode one, but uh, I it's fun to have a, a character to the boss. And <laughs> I don't know, it, it gave our characters more opportunity to react to it, play off it, come up with strategies. A lot, a lot more interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure how much the name Hulk Hogan means to you. <laughs> I am familiar. For all of our wrestling fans out there listening, I do wonder if it was very deliberate that they're like, hey, we want to make a wrestler who's a garbage person. And then somebody in the room was like, it's got to be Hulk Hogan, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if uh, if that was the... But yeah, oh man, Hulk. I loved the Hulk Hogan, just the character. Yeah, what's this guy's name? Garb, great. Garb something? Garbile. Garbile. Incredible. <laughs> I, I also liked Sanatron. Straightforward name, <laughs> you know, Transformers yes. look. But I, I was thinking... This is the the hero we need in in the COVID times. I need Sanatron uh, in a dedicated game for Sanatron. Yeah, I mean, when's the Sanatron spinoff series coming, guys? Yeah, so I warmed up to this show a lot more in this episode. I I loved the discussion on tutorials completely, again, like it wasn't going to happen. Completely related with Miko on this one. I don't enjoy tutorials. Uh, It's the worst way to design teaching someone how to play a game. You should absolutely figure out a way that isn't, you know, the worst is games that blatantly have a tutorial. Like, you know, I am playing the tutorial. Oh, yeah. Like I was I was playing Dying Light for the first time recently, and they have this stupid parkour setup for you to teach you the parkour elements. And I'm just sitting here thinking, wait a minute, you, you just had my character get knocked out like a punk when I couldn't even control him. And you're saying I could have been learning parkour in a run away from the zombies element but it's like no 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 we have to we we have to get you infected with the zombie virus for for the plot to happen so 
We're just going to make you do a parkour course instead. I mean, what you're describing is also even worse because nothing would tick me off more than being forced to watch like cutscenes before even a tutorial. It's yes. just like, I want to play the game. And I think I, I was thinking about, you know, okay, what are examples of games that are actually good? But I think even that's hard to think about because like, I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild. And I mentioned it just because I think a lot of people have played it, but I don't enjoy going back to the start of that game again, because once you've played that first open area, yeah, it's a completely open level, but it's boxed in. And even if you're experienced with the game, it still feels too much like a tutorial. First levels are always kind of a drag. Like in Knights of the Old Republic 2, I love Paragus. Most people hate it. I was thinking of the original Mass Effect, because although that starts with non-combat gameplay, it's relatively short, and it introduces all the characters very well, very inoffensive. I think it's a good way to do it. Good middle ground. Yeah, I, I think anything that enables the player, like if someone comes in more experienced, the key is, can an experienced player come in, or maybe someone who can pick up a game really quickly? Can they come into your game and blow past that if they don't need it? <laughs> and that's where I thought of the puzzle game Baba is You recently, where even though it's even a puzzle game and you think not much replayability there, because you can try to optimize the level or there's just so much playfulness to not a physics-based game, but like a rule-based game, it, it sort of is tutorialized in that if it's your first time playing, all the starting levels teach you about the basics, and but you might not realize that you're learning, but they're giving you the building blocks for the more complicated levels. But if you come in and you know how to play, you can just blow through the first like five to ten levels. But it's fine because it goes through fast versus when I'm stuck in a game like Breath of the Wild and I just have to, I want to enjoy this game uh, a second time <laughs> like Neptune. And I love how since this is glitch text, all of our digressions into video games are on topic. Oh, that's the thing. So I'm very <laughs> excited to talk about glitch text and games if it's not obvious. Because I love gaming and I love this opportunity that it, uh, you know, can spark potential discussions. But yeah, so I think that was fantastic that they brought it up in this episode. And honestly, you know, I, I was complaining a little bit about Five's characterization, missing out on some of it. So, okay, that gave us, you know, a little more characterization for him in this oh, episode. Oh, yes. Mr. Goody Two-Shoes rule follower. Right. Well, and it's partly that. And it's also just partly enjoying... The complete package of a game, right? Like, I, I feel like, you know, I don't know where Mika would land on this, but I feel like 5 is in the realm of just every piece of the entire package, whether it's the cover art or the manual or the tutorial or oh. listening to if there's dev commentary. I think he just appreciates the complete thing and spending time. And so, like, he wouldn't mind playing the intro area for Breath of the Wild over and over again because he... It reminded me of Miyamoto playing Super Mario 64 and being like, I'll just hang on the trees. I'll just climb the trees for an hour because I just enjoy playing the game. We need Five to have a YouTube channel where he just does unboxing videos for just ordinary games. Like, not the collector's edition or anything, just, hey guys, I bought Bloodborne down at GameStop. <laughs> Let's do an unboxing for it. There was a really great YouTube channel um, called Classic Game Room that went off many, many, many years ago. But they were in an era where they just covered every single game. Like, they did reviews for, you know, games that no one did reviews for. Like, My First Baby and, you know, Barbie's Playhouse and just, like, all the, like, minor licensed games and everything. But it was so much fun for them to give just like weight to literally everything and just seeing their like giant collection of games and whatever. So I like just 
I, I wonder if there are other pieces of YouTube out there right now where it's just like, yep, I'm unboxing every regular old little normal game. It's just fun for someone to touch the breadth of every game, because even though every game is not great, <laughs> add it up, there's something special about it. But uh, but uh, Five's reaction to the tutorial is like way more where I'm thinking, like, uh, clearly we haven't got into the bad part of that tutorial yet, because it's like, Yes, I know how to jump. Jumping is something I do in real life on occasion. <laughs> uh, so that's the that's the joke. But it's like on on the one hand, Helpy is so cool. Like how can you not want to experience jumping while Helpy adoringly and encouragingly watches on? Helpy was crazy adorable, but oh my gosh, it's like people's memory of a game like Ocarina of Time and you know that Navi was annoying. No, Navi was not annoying. A character like Helpy is much more on the on the Phi side of things from Skyward Sword. Where you're like, get that thing out of my face. And but at least oh. Helpy is cute and adorable versus bland and robotic. Helpy is the MVP. Absolutely, I'm loving all the little robotic and digital sidekicks. In, in oh, great! I just thought of Marco Stunt. Now I want to see Helpy floss on Garbile. <laughs> I'm all for any flossing. Fan artists, do it. What, what what am I thinking of? There's so there's so many things to talk about in this show. I'm also, still really enjoying the 22 minute runtime. You you really get time yeah. to just you know have your have your chase scene with your with your garbage man for a full four or five minutes if you want. You know there there can be room for that <laughs> stuff. Really give the time to smell the nasty. You know uh, what was <laughs> the it? armpits? Not a chicken salad sandwich. What was it? egg? The egg, egg salad. salad sandwich. Nasty. I, at some point, you're like, why don't you just take it out of the machine, Phil? <laughs> why? I, I want to know how did they how did they lose half a trainee to that egg salad? I'm, I'm with five. This is important information. I <laughs> I jokes like that make me think. Do they debate in the writers' room a long time as to the reality of the joke? <laughs> are are you committing to someone actually half of them? was injured or doctor that they lost, you know, just lost them. They just left the company. I mean, how far do you commit to that being a real statement? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Bit is old tech, so we have the... They have the out that Bit just made an error, so... Yeah. But I do I do wonder, like, that that would be interesting. Did they did they think about that? There could be in-universe explanations, too. Obviously, since you're not hinting at it, I doubt this is ever brought up again in, in the two seasons. But you could, you know, you could have a robot. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a teen, right? And robots, you can split those things in half and, and lose half of them, you know, or even a one-one type situation, right? Two, two halves Ooh. of one robot. So I even throw away lines, you know, you can you can lose half a recruit if they're not um organic. So would one one count as one trainee or two? One one. I mean, I feel like it's in the name. I. You know what though? We I, honestly, for most of Infinity Train, one one is treated as a as a singular entity anyway. Like, just that has two personalities. But the entities treat each other as different people. Like, sad one will say, "Well, I guess I better start writing his as his as in glad ones obituary." Mm, yeah. I don't know. That is a fun. That is also a, a really great character. Bit needs an AMA, <laughs> hosted by one one. That would be entertaining. <laughs> but but I, I did like the. You're talking about the chase sequence with the garbage man. I liked the the. Come at me, bro. This is two ply. <laughs> I'm talking super absorbent. Something about the word ply 
<laughs> it okay. makes people laugh, I guess, because he, he was really. That wasn't nearly that. enough ply. Right, that's the line I'm thinking of. <laughs> it too wasn't nearly enough ply. That was they 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 took ply and they ran with it. I I was surprised that there were games that our protagonists were unable to access except for in this room. It, that was another thing where I was like, man, they are so dedicated to gaming culture, but you think there would be, you know, where's their ROM sites where they're distributing, you know, illegal copies of the games? Well, Noby Grossout was vaporware. It was never properly published. Okay, okay. So I guess... Unreleased game. I guess back in the era that Noby Grossout was coming out, it wasn't possible for a disgruntled employee to just leak the whole ROM to the internet as there was much less bandwidth to download things with. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm just trying to think of what unreleased projects, if I, uh, I feel like not a big enough a Nintendo fan as they are of, of Hanobi for not being able to think of what's the unreleased game that I need to get my hands on if I broke into Nintendo headquarters. The first unreleased game that I can think of is a Microsoft project, Scalebound. Mm. Um, I, I think there are a lot of people who would at least be curious to see, well, what, what did they have? when they decided to cancel the project. I would love to get my hands on if they ever made anything at all of Half-Life 3 besides a script. <laughs> like, what at all did they ever do? Well, that wasn't a script. That was uh, that was a... Uh, outline. Treatment, I think it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, treatment or outline, something along those lines. But uh, what, what did you think of Bookworm Barbara, Safety Inspector 7? Very spooky uh, at the end there. Quite a, quite a roller coaster of a character. Um, you know, because at first Phil's thinking, cool, my, f- my friend's visiting in on me. And then it was high stress for him <laughs> the majority of the runtime. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, it seems not only could she put on multiple faces uh, inside the, the shop, but then there's even a more ooh, mysterious, very, very much a vibe of I was like, man, how many how many shows the second episode do they just end with mysterious phone call? Just reminded me of Legend of Korra, Amon on the radio at the end of episode two. Which was totally unneeded <laughs> in that episode. Like, we can get to Amon, and it didn't really have anything to do with the episode. And so it's kind of the same thing here, where there's no link, except that, you know, a character that was in the rest of the episode made the call. But, uh, you know, sure, okay, plant the seed, make me wonder what's going on. Now, <sighs> Steven Universe did not have a mysterious phone call, but... It's just the mysterious phone call is very often used to set up like, hey, we will much later on uh, have some kind of series arc going on, and they introduce it that way. Steven Universe, without the phone call, used the red eye to say, hey, there are people out there who want to kill us, and then they just sat on that for like 20 episodes. (laughs) Well, Steven Universe, I think, did it even more subtly, because you might not necessarily have interpreted the red eye as anything more than random magical thing potentially no pearl knew exactly oh, what it pearl was knew, but it did come we from know? another planet did we know but i think other things in that episode definitely you're like oh steven's mom right just i think that set up the central mystery in that episode more than anything else but, like, but pearl had a name for it and pearl knew what its plan was already so like clearly this is an established fact of life that's for the fair Crystal Gems, but also so. i was so you're, you're establishing that there are other enemies out there when i saw whatever the whenever they actually recontextualize the red eye which i can't remember the episode now where that happens um are you talking about the the zoo where mm. the 
there's one watching the zoo? You Yes, but also, I mean, you realize at some point in season one, the reality of the red eye. I don't think it takes all the way to the zoo for you to realize that. You're like, okay, they were definitely scouting or whatever. Oh, Peridot mentions the red eye yeah, that's in it. Marble Madness. Yeah, that's it. So that's when you, that's when I, GC, realized <laughs> what the connection was, because I definitely didn't think about the red eye after, you know, episode two. Much more focused on, uh, oh. You see, that's why they use phone calls. The phone calls are much more uh, I know, obvious. I know. But I like it when characters cry and they're like, Rose. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm uh. into. I'm thinking, man, who was this Rose? Magic lady. Now it's in Steven's belly button. What's going on? <laughs> why Why is one of them purple? <laughs> that, that's were not a pretty human. clear about Rose in the second episode, so. Well, yeah, but then you're like, who? who is she? Anyway, I'm fine with phone calls. Again, I loved Korra. I mean, that one wasn't a phone call. You actually did physically see Amon. They were more like using a radio, but it's the same that it just happens at the end of episode two. So I don't I don't know how many times. Yeah. It's like your pilot, you have your, or you have your first episode and that doesn't set up the arc yet. So episode two, that's where you commit to saying, hey guys, don't worry. We got to, you know, we introduced you to the characters now. Consider that we we need just to stick around the whole season. Now, I, I, I do need you to consider that uh, Glitch Text does not get into Bolipius or the search for him in this season he would have wow. he would have come about in the next batch of 10 episodes he would have come to be important but alas those have yet to be uh sent to the animation department so yeah that's crazy come on nickelodeon come on netflix make it happen that's really surprising that they name dropped that character then if they uh weren't even going to touch it for a long time like a name drop it makes it the much more concrete than I don't know, somehow not referencing them by name. So I just I just don't want to get your hopes up. Wow, that's wild. Well, now you, you've squelched, quel- squelched them? I was trying to figure out this weekend if squelched was a word. I think it is. But I definitely heard it first in Invader Sim. But that might be squiggly spooch. There's a lot yeah, of words. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're thinking of squiggly spooch. <laughs> no, wait, no, now that you just said it wrong, I don't even remember. Squiggly, no, it's a squiggly spooch. Isn't that true? I swear that's the correct word. I thought it was squooch. Squeedily squidly squooch. Whatever, it's a it's a it's a Jeanne Vasquez word, don't stress it. Hold on. Squeedily spooch. Spooch, okay. The squeedily spooch is the Urkin super organ, filling the Urkin's entire torso. <laughs> it performs almost all bodily functions. Yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, thank you, Wiki. Anyway. I I think Glitch Text is awesome because clearly we're enjoying talking about it. And I think the fact that it inspires so many tangents is evident of how richly it has uh, composed itself of so many other interesting things. So It captures the imagination is what it does. <sighs> yeah. I'm just so excited right now. <laughs> I... I- I, I kept saying the word fun at the beginning, and the, the truth is it is rare for a cartoon to both be be fun and, and evident that the that the people making it are, are having fun making it, but also that it's legitimately good. Like, because it's easy to just make a cartoon and it's goofy looking and the characters say goofy things, but it doesn't add up to actually being entertaining or interesting or anything else. This is so clearly a project that is, you know, just producing legitimate joy watching it, which I, uh, I, I'm, I'm so down. <laughs> I'm so down for that. 
It's just it's just a top-notch series. Ooh, you're going to love the next episode. <laughs> oh, the pain of waiting three weeks. And I am waiting. I don't know why. Actually, I was going to just start immediately watching the next episode after this. And I was like, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it out because I need to hold it out if there's not going to be a season three for, well, hopefully not forever. Again, let's not make this show too much like Invader Zim. Let's... Yeah, you got to make it last. Yeah, got to make it last. You know, 20 years from now, we'll have the glitch text revival. That's the thing. There's always, I mean, humans, we could be around a while. So there's always any of these shows will get revivals. But will I be around to see them? I don't know. <laughs> Depressing thought. There we go. 2020's almost over. <laughs> That's right. We survived this long, David. You got two months. Hang in there. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. 2021. Come on. Season three. But also actually just finish those Zim episodes. I don't even need new content. Nick, I'm not even asking you to hire a, a full staff again to write new episodes. Just finish animating those along with Glitch Tech Season 3. And, I mean, what th- those two shows, what, what else do you need to carry you? Get rid of that sponge. You don't need him to... Actually, I am legitimately interested in them 3D animating that sponge. It's an interesting direction. But still, you know, huh. just make some shows that, you know, people love. And it'll be fine. And put Penguins of Madagascar back on TV for crying out loud. <laughs> I The memes have way beyond ruined any chance of that for me. Um, sure, you know, that could, I mean, they should lean into meme culture more in a legitimate way. I feel like you could do Penguins of Madagascar. Do it like a legitimate YouTube poop. Just, you know, it, it just, you know, rewinds and it glitches and repeats and... <laughs> weird things happen and you know keep it g-rated or whatever so what you're saying is you want an episode of a cartoon where the episode itself is like a youtube poop i just commit to it keep watching glitch text you'll uh you'll like the second season wow okay that's a big promise but i mean unless it it includes the legend of zelda the wand of gamelon with the guy (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's my favorite youtube poop of all time i wonder what ganon's up to Squad of land, we're off. Yes. So, thanks, Glitch Tex. You're my fave. I thank you for putting on a smile on my face this week and every week. We love you guys. I hope you get a third season. Anyway, guys, that's been us on tutorial mode. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.